0: Hello, welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast, the official podcast of filmpulse.net. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is episode number 167. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today, Kevin Rakestraw. How are you doing, Kevin?
1: I'm doing
0: pretty good. I'm doing pretty good, too. Mostly because of the movie we're talking about this week, Mad Max Fury Road.
1: Oh, I thought you meant Slow West.
0: No, but we'll get to that. Uh, so we're also going to be we're going to be talking about Mad Max Fury Road as well as Slow West. Both both have kind of a western vibe to them,
1: and it's odd that they both have one thing in particular involved in a hand and arrows. Yeah, that are like
0: exactly the same. Mhm. Mhm. What are the chances? I, I thought that was kind of interesting. So we'll also be going over some of what we've been watching. And of course, we'll be going over this week's movie predictions, doing video on demand and DVD and Blu-ray releases. Remember, you can send us your questions to podcast at filmpulse.net. And also be sure to check out our Patreon page at patreon.com filmpulse. And consider subscribing for as little as $1 per month. You'll be helping us out tremendously. Uh, let's just go ahead, dive right into it. Just let's dive get it. right in get to Fury Road. Oh, we're Everybody, oh, We're going
1: Mad Max first. We're going Mad Max first. We're going big. That sucks first. for every movie that we talk afterwards.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. But you, whatever. You guys are shit out of luck. I've been chomping at the bit to talk about this movie. Now, we were going to get Ernie on here, but he had to work today. And it was just a little bit too early because he's over on the West Coast. Uh, so... This is written and directed by George Miller. I have a synopsis here. In a stark desert landscape where humanity is broken, two rebels just might be able to restore order. Max, a man of action in few words, and Furiosa, a woman of action who is looking to make it back to her childhood homeland. This stars Tom Hardy, Charlize Theron, Nicholas Holt is in there, um, Zoe Kravitz. Uh, That's... Pretty much all of the, the oh Angus Sampson, did you recognize yes. him? Yes,
1: and I, oddly enough, like I was just really happy for him. Yeah, and I
0: just kept thinking, like, man, he's got to be so excited. I, I bet, I bet he's, ex- I bet he was really excited to do it. Uh, Rosie Huntington Whiteley's in there as well. Uh, so Kevin, Which, I guess we'll st- quick question: where, what uh-huh. is,
1: where is she from? She looks so familiar,
0: Rosie Huntington Whiteley. Uh, she's from. Transformers. <laughs> yeah, That's I don't know. I'm de- would... not sure I where. Transformers: I would... Dark of the Moon.
1: Not sure where I would know her from. Then.
0: Hm. Yeah, I think she's like a, a model or something.
1: I would imagine.
0: I think she's a Victoria's Secret model. Okay. So, Kevin, we'll start it with you. What'd you think of Mad Max: Fury Road? It's good Lord, action! <laughs> Jesus!
1: Oh my goodness! It's not—it's relentless. It's—I yeah. wow! I was if not. If you're a fan of action, which then yes, which, this which, this is it. Even for me, I'm like—I'm not a big explosions guy. I don't explosions don't really do much for me. Car combat usually and car chases don't do much for me. But
0: here. Lord have mercy, did it work. It takes everything to the next level. The thing, the thing about the explosions, if I remember correctly, now I've only seen this one time so far, but I do plan on going back to see it again. Um, if I remember correctly, there's only a couple, expo- one big explosion that sticks out in my mind. Yeah. They're, so the, it's not like chock full of just explosions everywhere. But let me tell you. There's, that, a, little, there's that, a lot of fire there's a lot of fire yeah there's definitely a lot of fire because uh, there's a lot of flamethrowers being used and flame guitars <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh that one explosion scene i know i'm getting ahead of myself but that one explosion scene was amazing i oh my god i did my mind the thing
1: that got me because like yeah there's a shit ton of action it's kind of ridiculous how much action they were able to jam pack into this thing and essentially you know when you get through like the first half of the movie and you're like damn that was a lot of action that was just non-stop there's no way mm-hmm. that they can top that and then they like triple it <laughs> which i don't know how the hell they did that yeah and you're just like my god this is it's exhausting in a good way but the refreshing thing about it was the way all the action is framed everything is clear and concise and you could you could see everything that's happening and just the spatial relations of everything was fantastic.
0: Everything was smooth and so precise, so meticulously shot that you don't have any of that bullshit shaky cam, Michael Bay stuff where you don't know what's going on. You have no idea, you know, uh, like spatial relation and how things are, are set up. Like you, you know exactly where everything is and what's going on with each of the characters, and yeah. there's a lot of characters, and there's a lot of shit happening all and at the y- same you time. Got, you know, you're they're
1: they're shown in so many different angles, and then I love the fact that occasionally he would just he would just pull out mm-hmm. and yeah. just and just show you the scope of what's happening. Yeah, and you're just like Jesus Christ. And there's get this, me back this, in there, please get this, get back yeah. in there. <laughs>
0: The scope of this movie is massive. I can't even imagine the undertaking of and just the ima- making the, this movie. The, the amount of just creativity. Yeah, the world building.
1: It's just in the cars alone.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: I mean the the cars alone are incredible looking, like the tank one and the just every every single one of the cars it seemed like it had its own personality. Yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, there's a there's one a giant rig that's just devoted to
0: music, yeah, just to
1: soundtrack the fight. <laughs> yeah,
0: I like the speaker one, the speaker car.
1: <laughs> the speaker car. It's got it's got the tiered drummers, the yep. guy with the guitar on the front. Oh yeah. my goodness! It's just ridiculous. It's so outlandish. And, it is. Oh uh, my goodness. Mm.
0: Yeah, it, it is a big, sprawling, crazy, chaotic movie.
1: And then you're just, they're cut, they're getting close to the storm, and you see the storm on the horizon, and them going into it, and of course the camera pans out, and just keeps coming at, back and out, backing and out, backing out, and it's just like, Jesus Christ, can this storm get any bigger? And are they going to go into the storm? And what's that going to look
0: like? And then they
1: do, and just, I screamed like a little girl.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty much right after this movie started, I reverted back into my childhood form because I was just I was giddy the entire time. Mm. I was I was so excited. I didn't want any of it to end. Uh, one of the one of the really crazy things that I that I liked was the the characters that were on the giant poles up in the air that were swinging around. I, that's yes. I'm glad that you point this out because. They keep adding
1: to to these car fight sequences, like mm-hmm. new, new characters and new means. And it just, uh, it's just the amount of creativity that goes into that. It's just yeah. everything, every new thing that was introduced was like, damn, that's, I like that idea.
0: Well, I love it. I love it because each car, and they showed this a lot throughout the movie. Each car had its own like gadgets and things. And it was like, this is the perfect time to use this ability on this car. And they would show him, like, pulling levers and, like, pushing panels out of the way and stuff like that. And it was just like, this is crazy. This is so intricate, what they're doing here. And it, and it was like they had so many different weapons. And, I mean, and, and this- they were, like, s- spray painting their mouths with <laughs> silver <laughs> spray cr- paint. Crow- <laughs> <laughs>
1: and I just... And uh, another thing that I really appreciated and I really liked was like, the mystery to a lot of this, like right, with, yes. the, with the chrome uh, yeah. spray paint in the mouth. Yeah, that's not, that's not exactly discussed. It's say. not explained. It's just it's just there, and it's and just the, a like, part of the world. And you're just like, let's fucking go with it. All right, let's just spray chrome in our mouths before we die.
0: <laughs> Why not? And the the one scene when they're in that kind of swampy, muddy area and you see those weird people walking on the stick things. Yeah. It's just <laughs> like, added you never come like, back to it, that's not yeah. explained, and you're just exactly. like I love this and I want to know what this is. But exactly. Miller doesn't do that. He won't and tell me I think, what I th- is. I think that, that adds so much to the film where he doesn't he doesn't explain anything to you. It's it's like you get the smallest smallest amount of uh backstory with max and that's it Like that's it you see a little bit at the beginning and then some periodic flashbacks very brief flashbacks throughout the movie but you know it's like okay furiosa Charlize theron's character she's missing an arm oh we don't we don't see some like bullshit uh touching moment between her and max where she's T- telling him about how she lost her arm. No, you don't, <laughs> There's does, none of that.
1: Yeah, Max doesn't look over. Me, he's like, "So, uh, how'd you lose your arm?" Yeah, you there's none you of that. Have... And you just get bits of her of her past as well. Just right, exactly. Like, small yeah. bits of dialogue and not, which I think just it works so well in creating these these myths of Max and Furiosa. Just and it immediately, at least for me, and I'm sure for you too, and a lot of other people, it just immediately want you want. Mad Max Two, right? Because you hope that those weird pole walking people, yeah, show up in Mad Max Two, and you get to see more of that. And what the hell is all that about?
0: Yeah, I think that that George Miller set up this, uh, this post-apocalyptic world that, at its core, is this is a very simple story. This is a car chase. This is this is, uh, (laughs) several gangs of people chasing a group of people. That's all this is. But there, there are so many little other things happening that you're just like, wow, this is like such a rich uh, world that he created that I, I want more. I want to live in this world. I want, I want more stories coming from this world. And what he said was uh, regarding the timeline and all that stuff was that he regards Mad Max as sort of like, like a myth. Like a, a, a legend, st- like stories that people tell that get passed down from generation to generation. So, really, and they, by setting by setting it up like that, you can tell an infinite number of stories. Well, it's also can, very interesting going with that route of you know it's
1: kind of like a you know stories being passed down. Generally, those stories get more and more exaggerated, which is what these movies are doing. They're just getting right. more and more ridiculous.
0: Yeah. Because I love the
1: fact that Max, Max in this one, and a lot of the other people too, to be honest, are indestructible. Like people are surviving car wrecks that Mm -hmm. have just, that should not happen. (laughs) They should just be pieces, pieces, bits and pieces of flesh and giblets. (laughs) But no, they just pop up at the end. You know, like the one war boy pops up at the end. He's like, hey, I have a boot of his.
0: And you're like, there's no way you fucking survived. How did you survive? <laughs> uh, well, a lot of people didn't survive, though.
1: <laughs> Some people did not, no. Uh,
0: I love the the visuals in this movie were out of control. They were t- tippy-top-notch. I
1: love I the- loved-
0: <laughs> you called them tippy-top. I did call them tippy-top. Uh, Every aspect of this movie, I thought that this was... One of these movies that you could just pause it and take a still of any, basically any scene and frame it and put it on your wall and it would look great. I, I mean, thought it was I would gorgeous. Wor- I
1: would worry about your psyche if you were doing that, but yeah, you could do that. I would just be terrified if I walked into someone's house and they had Fury Road framed everywhere.
0: Well, if I'm- you had like, I'm talking about like one. Uh, ones, you just ones, just ones. not not like an entire wall, not like a <laughs> mosaic of.
1: <laughs> mm. Yeah, the visual, that, yeah. the
0: visuals are quite nice, and the stunt work is oh my goodness! I just love that, even though even though this is a, a big chase scene, and it all takes place in the outback. Miller was able to he was able to mix up the locale, like he was able to make the settings feel different like the muddy scene and the the giant yeah, yeah. dust storm and he was able to make it feel different and there, there was like that one scene where it was kind of dark and everything looked blue mm-hmm. you know oh, that was
1: fantastic i loved those visuals cuz that just came out of nowhere
0: too and i think that one of the one of the best scenes that there was that huge action scene at the beginning of the film i mean like enormous action scene and then you have it just cuts to complete silence, and it there's this like shot that they just linger on Max, and he's buried in the sand. Oh my and then, god! And then the slow motion of uh, him coming out of the sand. Yeah, just
1: everything that how everything transpires because that's in the storm and with the mm-hmm. flare, and which is another thing that I like Even though the action is relentless, there is intermittently throughout the movie there are just instances of where the cinematography just shows such great patience right. of like how it just holds on the flare until it dies out and then it's straight cut to silence of what you can't quite figure out what the hell it is and it's just him very slowly emerging from the sand Mm-hmm. and the the very very beginning shot of where max drives off and the camera just stays right yeah and then all yeah. of a sudden you have the people chasing him just zipping across oh man oh yeah great i love it uh i love
0: it I love the score of this movie. I did I not. That, I, I loved it. I love that, that. I
1: was not a big fan of that.
0: I was a big fan of the score. I thought it was great.
1: Now, okay, yeah. so
0: we've been gushing
1: hard. Real hard. for yeah. A little bit here. Let's, let's get into some, some things that we didn't like, if you have any, which well, I'm not sure if you do, but...
0: I, well, I read your Letterboxd review, and it seems like the main thing that you had a problem with, I agree and that's the dialogue. Yeah, but it's, uh,
1: it's kind of you know. I
0: I who agree do you, with who you. Who would expect it? Like I have a problem with it, but it
1: doesn't. It doesn't take away from the overall greatness of the film. I don't think there's just a couple instances where I'm just like. Ugh.
0: I think that the dialogue fits with the other Mad Max movies. Like it it in in the other Mad Max movies, the dialogue was kind of sparse and. Just pretty generic, yeah, and I think that it just kind of fits in with with those where the villains are are very cartoony. well, see, and... for me was the a couple instances where they try and go for the emotional,
1: where they try to hit you home with the emotional, mostly like you know, what are you looking for, and Furious is like redemption, mm. just like, oh, uh,
0: come on, yeah,
1: and you know Tom Hardy's like, oh, what was hope is a mistake?" Or something. I'm yeah. just like Tom. Just, Tom, just keep your mouth shut. Come on, bud. He is a
0: he it's is a man I'm... of very few words, though. <laughs> he doesn't well, talk I was so a lot.
1: <laughs> I was extremely confused at the beginning because he's just like grunting, and he's just like yeah. motioning, and he's not like like he doesn't talk, barely at all. And he's just like water, and he's just like grunting. And I'm just like, what? What happened to Max? Is he like? I don't know if I like this Max. But then he starts to come around and start yeah. actually talk occasionally and act like a human being i don't
0: know i think maybe maybe the mask that he was wearing had something to do with know, it or, but i've
1: noticed tom hardy grunting in a lot of things i don't know why he's always grunting
0: he does he does grunt he's he's kind of into that into <laughs> the all, grunting i thought good. that he was a good choice for mad max though yeah because oh he does crazy so well yeah and i and i think that uh, Charlize Theron was a great choice for Furiosa, too. Let's talk about that because that's kind of one thing that that a lot of people seem to be latching onto is the the feminist angle of this movie. Oh uh, yeah did did now, yeah. now did you did you see it? Did you know about the feminist angle before going into it? The
1: only thing I knew was that like men's rights activists were like boycotting,
0: which is I don't even understand so, <laughs> that <but. laughs> for
1: me. instantly, anytime that happens, I'm just like, yes, I I need to see that. I love anything that irritates them. Because for the longest time, I didn't know that they were real. I thought that that was like a joke thing. But then I came to find out that they're
0: they're real and sincere. Well, I I don't understand why they would be up in arms over this.
1: Because these women are strong and doing things on their own. But Max is. there. I know that's what I've. Uh, <laughs> it's I'm called like, Mad Max. <laughs> that's what I don't understand either. I mean, it's like I I can appreciate the feminism in it, and it's like it, it's great because it's it's men and women accomplishing a goal, and it does the 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 female characters themselves, their you know their strength and their action and everything they do. It doesn't feel condescending in any way whatsoever. Like yeah, they're no. women. Eh, it's just they're badass and there's just a bunch of badass people in this movie right it's fantastic
0: yeah it was interesting nothing about this movie felt exploitative. you know yeah nothing nothing about it felt like there's a scene where there's uh they meet up with a these kind of elder women and before beforehand there's a a woman that's up perched up on like a tower and she's completely naked but you don't really you don't see anything you know they don't they they kind of shoot it so that her her private parts are covered up and i don't know why i actually took note of that like oh because like in most movies like this they just show you everything yeah it's like this is a perfect opportunity right and while i wouldn't either way i wouldn't have a problem with it i thought that it was interesting that that george miller was like well it's not necessary it's not necessary to show that within the context of the story so i'm not going to bother and I just, I thought that that was kind of just, it was just an observation I made. And I just, uh, I, and I
1: loved when, when they teamed up.
0: Yeah. Cause they were badass. The old ladies.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they were the best. Are you kidding me?
0: Yeah. They were, oh, they man. were badass. And they're they were snipers.
1: Badass. They're fucking snipers. What more do you want? Cause I was uh, kind of thinking, like, man, this movie could use some snipers. And then bam, snipers show up. Come on. Like read my damn mind.
0: Now the, uh, the villain in this movie, it was actually the villain in the original Mad Max. Which uh, I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I like thought that. it was cool to, to bring him back. And uh, was his name in this? Like Bone? Or f- Immort- Immortan Joe? Immortan, I think? Morton Joe, yeah. Immortan Hugh Joe? Yeah, Hugh Ks Byrne. Played Toe Cutter. Toe Cutter, that's... Yeah, in the original? That's toe Cutter. <laughs> that is just one of the best villain names. Ever. I thought that he was a uh, pretty pretty good villain in this. He is pretty crazy looking and he's evil disgusting and... looking. Just disgusting.
1: But <laughs> yeah. again, the amount of creativity it just goes into just the look of his character. And then mm-hmm. you can tell that they just put so much time and thought into
0: his look. Yeah, like the clear armor and this crazy mask.
1: Yeah. And just the, they, you could tell that they did that with every, essentially every character. You could just, you could immediately look at, you know, either either if it was a character or, you know, one of the vehicles or yeah, one of the different landscapes. You're just like, you immediately are just struck by, damn, look at the creativity
0: and thought that went into this. Yeah. I mean, everything. Everything from the costuming to just the way, like the face paint on them and stuff. And the cars, the the buildings, the structures, everything like it just it had so much detail. Like like Furiosa's arm, her fake arm, and just like the way that that thing looked. I mean, it just everything had so much detail in it. I I loved it. I loved every every aspect it, of the design. And see, that's
1: something that I'd love and appreciate. I just love seeing the creativity and because it kind of one of the you know we're talking like blockbusters here and stuff and. It's a nice counterpoint to, and I hate to do this, but the Marvel movies. And this is something well, that bothered I, me I, with, um, what was it, Guardians of the Galaxy. I just didn't see that amount of creativity. It's like, okay, so how is this person different? How are they alien? Oh,
0: we painted them green. It's just like, really? That's all you did? They're green? Come on. I, I, I completely agree. I think that this is, when I was watching this movie, I, I was thinking to myself, I cannot believe I'm watching a movie like this. And I saw this at, at AMC Prime with the Dolby Atmos and the giant screen. And I was watching it at an AMC in Times Square. And it's just like, this this movie exists. This is a big budget blockbuster yeah, popcorn you, movie. You see that's, that
1: the Warner Brothers side come up yeah, with blood all over it.
0: It's rated like, yes. R. It's rated R, first of all, which in and of itself is crazy. Uh, secondly, it's weird. It's a weird out there movie based on a franchise that's 30 years old. How does this exist? You know? And, and, and when you see the movie itself, it it is not, it's not like any other big blockbuster popcorn movie. It's completely different and unique. And even just the, even the way it's shot, you know, it, it favors practical effects over CG and the camera work in it is it feels very much like uh, Mad Max, like with the quick zoom, the zooming in, you know, you, yeah. like they pan they pan out real far, and then zoom real close into like the drivers through like through the windshield. And I don't know if you noticed, but there was some speed ramping going on yeah. like, w- with with the characters at yeah. the beginning. Yeah, and man. I loved it. I, I loved it.
1: I still not a bit. It's better than it was in uh, the Road Warrior. Because the road road warrior for me, because that's the one I just saw yeah. before the, the, where the speed ramping almost it, it gave everything like a like a farcical feel. Like it just it, to me it didn't work here. I, for Yuri Road, I thought it was much better, much better handled. Because it's this, it's I think it worked really well in the sense that there's just this overall feel of delirium and yeah. Yuri Road, where it's it just, just like this is like someone injecting me with gasoline. Mm-hmm and now i am just i'm having a terrible reaction to gasoline cuz you shouldn't put gasoline in your body don't do that
0: well i just actually that reminds me of that scene where they're trying to outrun well, another car with the and they're spitting the well, <laughs> the that, gas into the well that's one of the things that i do like which i can i can see
1: maybe has like a feminism slant to it is kind of this just slyly making fun of masculinity and how ridiculous it is, like the War Boys, how ridiculous they are, like when they when they get their steering wheels and you know they're praying and they're oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like witness me and all this shit, and just that that moment of them squirting it into their mouth to squirt it from their mouth into the engine while also squirting it from it was just ridiculous. It was a hilarious like dick measuring contest of how badass these guys could be. Yeah. Uh, i love i loved it i loved almost everything about this i hated that little 3d bit i I didn't see it in 3d but i I hate those those moments where you're watching a movie not in 3d but you can tell you can tell like oh this exists only for 3d when it was the the guitar like comes out of the screen and then comes back and then the steering wheel comes out i'm just like stop this don't do um, this
0: so yeah, I did see it in the A- AMC Prime, which is like, I believe, kind of the AMC equivalent of D-Box, where the the seats were shaking the whole time, and I did see it in the 3D, and it looked great. The 3D looked really good. Uh, it was the real real D 3D, so that it was the kind where if you kind of like turn your head or tilt your head, it's it's not going to distort the screen, and it wasn't... At least the theater I saw it in, it wasn't, like, too dark or anything. That's another thing that typically happens with 3D movies. Uh, it looked good. Um, you know, it, it wasn't great. If I had the choice, I probably wouldn't have seen it in 3D. I was going to say,
1: is it is it something that, like, should I ha- have to go no. back and see in 3D? Did I miss no,
0: it? No. It, generally, I don't see movies in 3D unless they were shot in 3D. And I don't think this was shot in 3D. I think this is post-converted. Uh, The only reason I saw it in 3D was that I I wanted to get the reserved seating because I've learned that pretty much any big popular blockbuster type movie that I see here in the city, I pretty much have to go reserved seating or else it's a nightmare. So, um, and I wanted to see it on a big screen, like a huge screen, so. The only it was only in 3D. I can't wait to see how
1: it holds up on my 20 inch TV (laughs) with the with the volume, with like the volume barely, barely, barely audible. See if it holds up then. See how yeah, good this... Mad Max Fury Road is then under those conditions.
0: I'm gonna try to go to the IMAX and see it again and see how it how it fares on the IMAX. But I imagine it's gonna be amazing. I would imagine. You, yeah, I would imagine. Um, I want to get back to the stunt work a little bit because uh, we touched on it. Give them every award. We touched on it, but I feel like with with this movie, it, it deserves to be mentioned that the stunt work in this movie is incredible. And they do... There, It's a mixture of CG and practical, but I think the majority... And it's the, the type of stunt work and special effects where it's very difficult to tell what is CG or, or digitally enhanced and what's just straight practical. But... A lot of it looked real to me. A lot, a lot. A lot
1: of it terrified me. And I was oh, it just, was crazy. Um, just, just
0: crazy. I just
1: can't stop thinking, like, I really I really hope that that person's okay.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, especially the, the people on the bikes. You see a lot of bikes wrecking and people flying off bikes. And you just know that that's a real person <laughs> that that's happening to. <laughs> uh a lot of people jumping from car to car, a lot of people hanging off of hoods and and roofs of cars and I'm just wondering
1: heart- I'm wondering what those people's mothers like how do they react when they're watching this? They're probably terrified they're just terrified poor mothers probably just having heart attack after heart attack
0: the uh the crazy thing the th- the thing that really impressed me a lot was. The, the fact that there were so many components involved with a lot of these big set pieces where it's like giant caravans of cars merging into one clusterfuck of <laughs> metal and chaos. I mean, it's just because at one point there's there's multiple gangs going after them. So sometimes you have like multiple gangs attacking them. And it's just, it's so yeah, crazy. They
1: just keep adding gangs, too. It's just like, okay, so we have, like, two gangs. Oh, here's a third gang.
0: Oh, now yeah. there's four gangs. Which I loved. I loved I loved that that they did that, where it wasn't just one group that was going after them. And I, multiple. I just
1: love, I, I can't remember who, I don't know if it was the Bullet Farmer or whatever, one of the other baddies, where he's just, like, where he, you know, kind of points out that this is just all over a family squabble mm-hmm <laughs> she's like this is this is a lot of a lot of work and resources are going into this,
0: yeah, this is outlandish, <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, it is outlandish, but oh, I loved it um one of my one of the things that really impressed me that, that kind of uh every now and then during during the, the movie, I had to kind of take a step back and just think about how crazy this production must have been. And the scene where they were trying to get the big monster truck over the wall, the rock wall, when they collapsed. Mm -hmm. Just when they did that one kind of overhead shot where they were panning and you could just see how many people were there and all the cars. And then you have this big monster truck trying to get over this rock wall. I was just so impressed by the scale of this (coughs) movie. I was just like, holy crap. It's amazing.
1: They got that fucking monster truck over that rock pile yeah they did <laughs> it's just like jesus christ this is like a fitz
0: moment <laughs> yeah yeah shit yeah yeah it's crazy uh all right i know that that was a gush fest but i know oh, was gonna could, be anyway we gushed all over it gushed so fucking hard i i think that this is one of the few times that most critics most most every critic is in in agreement that this is one that you absolutely have to see.
1: I know. Yeah, I don't. I don't see how you couldn't think
0: that. I mean, I was just. I, was just, I, mean, I, I
1: even if it's you're not not your type of thing, it's fucking impressive. Yeah, yeah. What they do, the fact that every car is functional. I mean, just imagine the people that had to do that. Yeah. Like, okay, I want, I need you to make this a giant rig of <laughs> drums uh flame guitars and speakers and it has to be
0: able to drive. Can you do that? And someone and have have a, fucking did that. And you have to have a giant pole sticking out the top that somebody can climb up and swing around on. Yeah, and then you have two guys at the bottom that, you know,
1: swing it back and forth to help out. Yeah.
0: And it's gotta be able to function. People it's, people made that. It's wild. It is it's an absolutely wild movie. Uh I I know Ernie Ernie saw it three times, already. Good lord! Yeah, he he went to two press screenings and then he saw it at the IMAX. So I know that he he loved it. Uh, he reviewed it on on the site and he gave it a ten out of ten. I'm also gonna have to go with the ten out of ten on this one. I was uh, just movie of the year for me, hands down. I feel it.
1: Feel like an asshole because I'm not giving it a ten out
0: of ten. Oh, you don't have to give it a ten out of ten. It's your prerogative.
1: Well, thanks. That makes me feel better. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna give it a nine and a half. There you go. Just, just missed it.
0: And, and like I said before, the the complaints that you have, I recognize those. But it is just, it was so. Uh, it, it didn't bother me at all. Like I wasn't. It didn't even. Which I can completely I understand know. too.
1: You
0: know, like. I, I loved everything else so much more that, you know, at any rate, if you haven't seen Mad Max, just oh God, go see it. Even if you weren't, cause again, we talked about this last week on Ryan Watch's movie. Neither you nor I were huge fans of no. the Mad Max series. No, I'm not a big, the original fan. Uh, of them at so, all. so to go into this and just having that kind of reaction, I was just, uh, made, made it even better. And a lot of, it's, it's interesting, because a lot of critics who are normally contrarians and love to go against the grain and, and typically hate movies like this. I mean, you you typically hate movies like this that are like the big Hollywood blockbusters. Yeah, but
1: there's just so much damn creativity in there. That's I, right. that's what I mean. Right. Like, how can you not respect this?
0: Exactly. And I think that critics who are usually very hard on, popcorn movies and also critics who would like to be contrarians just stir up clicks or but, whatever but also you almost because of that creativity and
1: what you see on the screen and what it is you know this weird rated r actioner that's just ridiculously over the top coming from warner brothers you feel almost compelled to champion it because you want more of this
0: well that's that's one thing that I was that I started thinking about because when when Ernie saw it he he took to social media and he was like, "You know this is one that everybody needs to get behind, and my initial reaction was, "It's gonna do fine. It's a Warner Brothers movie, it's a big studio movie, but then I got to thinking like maybe this isn't gonna make as much money as I expect, even though it seems like all all the critics are are behind this and pushing it." And I think that it's a very, uh, what was the budget on this? I think it was a pretty big $150 million budget, which is huge. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't that know what's.
1: A, you got, that is a well-spent $150 million, though.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it. it's epic. This is an epic movie. I also wanted to, I forgot to mention the runtime on this. It clocks in at exactly two hours. I respect George Miller for doing that keeping it at 2 hours uh because it feels it doesn't feel like 2 hours it feels no. it feels
1: like 35
0: minutes yeah <laughs> this movie flies by i mean it is it's in and out quick now i know that he already said that he's working on they're, they're working on sequels tom hardy signed up for three more so oh my goodness so yeah it, it i'm assuming that they're going to be wor- Working on more of these, however, I, I think that it probably all depends on what the box office says. I mean, if it's if it doesn't make make its money back, I doubt that Warner Brothers is going to want to do they, uh, a sequel. It, and if they do, they won't give him as much money.
1: Yeah, but I mean, he's proven before that he can he can deliver with yeah.
0: with less money because I'm yeah. sure you know the first three Mad
1: Maxes. Oh yeah, he I didn't have a hundred or a hundred and fifty million dollars, <laughs> yeah. but Damn.
0: They, they, yeah, They were they were big. They were big. Well, there you go. Mad Max: Fury Road. Believe the hype. This is one of the few that I could say yeah, absolutely believe believe the hype and check it out.
1: Believe it wholeheartedly.
0: Even if you're not, even if this doesn't seem like your type of movie, just just check it out. And and I I think that people do need to talk about this one. But and didn't it get, didn't it get, already
1: get, lose out
0: to Pitch Perfect 2? It did. It did. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't I don't understand that. Well, the rating may have something to do with it. And I, I also applaud oh, yeah, that's true. Warner Brothers for allowing the R rating to stand and to just letting it go out like that. Um, even though the movie itself is not overly violent, it's not gratuitously violent.
1: Nah, there's only one one kinda grotesque
0: Yeah, which is amazing.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: You're talking about at the end? Yeah. yeah. Towards the end? I just want to
1: say it so bad. (laughs) I want to say it so bad. But I will say something else instead. Fire tornadoes.
0: mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Does Pitch Perfect 2 have fire tornadoes? If it does, if it fucking does, tell me. I will watch that immediately. But I am pretty sure there are no fire tornadoes to be found in Pitch Perfect 2. Yeah. Something so tells that, me there's alone, probably not. That alone confuses me. It's that you have an option of going to see one movie. One has fire tornadoes. The other one doesn't. And you choose the one that doesn't have fire tornadoes. I don't understand you as a person.
0: Yeah. I don't know either, honestly. I'm I'm hopefully it'll even if it does not do I mean, pitch perfect, people expected that to make money hand over fist because it was uh, Sequel to a very popular movie that's appealing to uh, a lot of people. Yeah, it's got, that's gotta that's this true. Is it doesn't a, have a wide yeah. This is a far-reaching fan base. This is a less accessible movie. A lot of younger people probably never heard of Mad Max and have no idea what it's about. And it just looks like this weird sci-fi <laughs> movie. It's just there's two things that I thought were funny because afterwards, you know, I read
1: I read a little bit more about the men's rights activists guy or whatever that's so upset about this movie and he was and he, I, th- I forget exactly what he says i probably should have pulled this up but something along the lines of like how could they you know mess with an american institution what and it's like it's fucking mad max dude what like, how's it,
0: how it american <laughs> it's like, at all they, like, they, 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 <laughs>
1: and then i saw someone else that you know sort of said the same thing they were just like oh i can't believe you know, I can't believe that this is what they did to the Mad Max and they made him kind of like a side character and, you know, it's called Mad Max. He should be front and center. And it's very obvious that the the director of this remake has not seen the originals. It's just like, wow, you don't know anything.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it should be noted. This is not a remake. This is, this is, it's not. It's, if anything, I would call it a sequel. I think Ernie said that it, it's supposed to take place between two and three. That's what most people are saying.
1: I just see it as just, but it, it's just kind of like a reboot type deal where it's just like, okay, let's, let's
0: let's do another one. It it definitely takes place after one, I think. Yeah. But yeah. Because it, 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 they recap what happens in w- the first one, so it's definitely after part one. But it could take place any any time between two and three or after, or whatever, but... It's
1: got... Yeah. I was gonna say it would be after, too, because of the little music box, but that could be before Road Warrior. I don't know. Yeah,
0: could be. I just... Yeah, I just remember the music box thing, the one Zoe Kravitz has. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There's there's a lot of little... I'm sure that there's all kinds of Easter eggs thrown in there. And the other thing is, which this is
1: the greatest thing about this movie, is... Who fucking cares? Yeah, it exists, and I don't care where it exists in the Mad Max world. Right. It's there, and I saw it, and it was great. And it,
0: yeah, and again, that goes back to what we were talking about before, where the way that the way that George Miller set up this this world, it doesn't matter. These are these are just stories being told. They don't have to uh, be a part of some overarching continuity. No. This is just a guy. Roaming roaming the desert, really. Who gets into some shit every now and then. You know? just,
1: people are always chasing him. People are just always chasing Max.
0: I think it could be like compared to James Bond in that regard. Where James Bond is a character who has these things happen to him. And you can connect them if you want. You can connect the pieces. And they're, they're little pieces that are in each of the movies that you can, you know... Yeah, some little character, threads.
1: Character continuity going on.
0: And I'm sure that you could do the same thing with with the Mad Max movies, but... But they work as standalones. They work as standalones. You don't have to see... You don't even have to see the first one, because they tell you what happens in that one, in this one.
1: Yeah, it's he's just such a simple character.
0: Just... Yeah, and I think it'll be interesting to see where George Miller takes it from here. Like if, I, if I hope it's more fire tornadoes. I can't imagine there wouldn't be fire tornadoes. You would hope. But at the same time, I'm really worried. Because after I walked out of this one, I was like, that was amazing, blah, blah, blah. But I'm I'm really worried. I want more, but I'm also worried about what could happen. What, what more can
1: I handle more? It's kind of what
0: like, worries me. is because Can I, I handle it? Because you saw Road Warrior this week. I saw Beyond Thunderdome this week. And we will get to that one. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah. Mad Max, check it out, please. Uh, that Enough gushing. Just go see it. All right. Let's talk about some Slow West. This okay. is written and directed by John McLean. I have a synopsis here. Slow West. Follows a sixteen-year-old boy on a journey across nineteenth-century frontier America in search of the woman he loves, while accompanied by mysterious traveler Silas. The stars: Cody Smith McPhee, uh, Michael Fassbender, um, Ben Mendelsohn's in there, uh, Karen Pistorius. I think those are pretty much the main, the main ones. Main ones. Um, okay, I'll start this one off. I thought this was okay. Uh, I didn't. Th- there were a lot of parts of it that I liked. I liked the visuals. I thought that the fact that a lot of it was very bright and colorful was not typical of a lot of Western movies. A lot of times in Westerns, everything's just kind of colorless and brown. Yeah, this and, is and a more like, this is a more verdant. Yeah, I, I like I like the fact that it's. This is a lot of times you have really bright blue skies in the in the backdrop. And I liked that. I, I've read, I don't know, I, I saw a blurb somewhere where they're saying if someone said, I think maybe it was on Twitter, that this is if Wes Anderson directed a Western. And, and I can kind of see that in the style of this movie. However, I didn't find it to be nearly as interesting as any Wes Anderson movie. And I didn't find, it, I didn't find any of the characters to be particularly interesting either. And I felt like almost every single character in this movie was very underdeveloped. And it felt like the movie itself, uh, it just uh, wasn't that interesting. I I felt like it didn't get, it it didn't dive deep enough into these, uh, into these characters. But let's go ahead and get your, what are your your initial thoughts on Slow West?
1: I thought it was, I kind of agree with you with a lot of stuff there. I thought it was fine enough. You know, I, I love the visuals. I love the cinematography. I'm a big fan of Robbie Ryan. It looked great. Um, I thought it was interesting. There's there's moments in it that there are there were that are pretty fantastic.
0: Some, yeah, there were several scenes. The more, the, the comedic bits, the, the arrow scene that we mentioned before. I loved that little scene. That was <laughs> it was just I, lo- I loved everything about that scene and how that played out.
1: <laughs> just uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the boss Osbiter just comes nice catch.
0: Yeah, I loved that. I thought that that was great. I wanted more of that. I wanted more of the, the comedy in it. There, I, I, there's,
1: I immediately liked this film just because of Ben Mendelsohn standing up and saying, kill that house. Yeah. like ha- And he's wearing the biggest fur coat I've ever yeah. seen. The giant like bear
0: fur or whatever but the that was the that was one of the disappointing things about this is that Mendelssohn comes in he's got no no personality we don't know really who he is i mean he's some some outlaw and i just i wanted more Mendelssohn I wanted more of Well, you that, always yeah it doesn't
1: matter what he's in you want more of Mendelssohn that's going to happen
0: i just i feel like this movie could have used maybe one or two more scenes. Of character development, some, some maybe something, maybe a scene involving Ben Mendelsohn and his gang. Because when you when you first are introduced to the gang, when they're all kind of standing or uh, on their horses next to each other on that hill, and it's kind of and it kind of pans across uh, each of them, they look like interesting people. They all have their own look and style. There's some women in there, or at least one that I remember, and they all seem like they're probably interesting people but we don't really get to know any of them
1: no nah, you just get to watch them get shot
0: yeah that's yeah, about and it. i just i wanted a little bit more of that it's yeah it's a very
1: very simple story just very straightforward but the i did like you know going back to the moments there's these little moments where they kind of delve into you know the the native tribes and immigrants which i thought was really interesting but i just at the same time, I don't know if it just really gelled well with what the the main focus of the narrative was. I it, just, it almost yeah. felt like it was two different types of movies, like running concurrently, which was a bit odd.
0: And I, and, I, and at first, I thought that maybe they were just including that stuff in there because that's the type of stuff that you would talk about. Yeah, and back that you then. would you would come across and yeah, you know that that's just current events. Yeah. <laughs> But but it did seem later on when they they come back to it several times, it does seem like there was there was uh, a message there. But but
1: and and again that I I found that very interesting. But much like you're saying with the the main focus of the narrative, how there's not much character development, it feels like that side of it too. There's not enough development. Like this, just like two half baked ideas just squished together mm-hmm. to make a movie. And then they're just like, oh, you know, where did we go with this? Oh, let's have a huge shootout. But and Which I like I like the shootout. I, and again, the comedic... I love that a person gets shot, and then something happens, and then immediately <laughs> salt gets shot that falls <laughs> into
0: their wound. A giant jar that's labeled salt, and it, and it goes into his wound. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought that that was great. I love the little quirky yeah, stuff it's, it's in this movie. Of, it's
1: got a really odd tone to it. It's... It's different. Yeah, They're almost yeah. to the point where I'm—I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure how I feel about this. Like, I wish I saw this like a week ago, and then you know I would have more time to process. Yeah, yeah just, you know what I mean. Like right off right. the bat, I'm like, you know, it was good enough. I'm not a hundred percent sure if I—if I really want to go back to this film anytime soon. But there is a small part of me that was like, that was really different.
0: I did enjoy large chunks yeah. of it. It was a different style of western, for sure. (laughs) Uh, I just I felt like it was lacking in character and plot. I I wanted more of the story. I wanted because it they set it up to be really a really fun kind of adventure, you know, where Michael Fassbender is this kind of rough outlaw type person. We he has kind of a mysterious background. We we think that he might be some kind of criminal because. It seems like at first he's the only reason he's helping Cody Smith and McPhee is to get to Rose and her dad. And I liked the few situations that they did find themselves in. I liked the the scene in the general store. I liked the scene when they wake up and they're like underwater because <laughs> like the river came through. I like that, and I wanted I wanted a little bit more of that. Maybe. Another interaction with with the Native Americans or something like that, but I like the adventure aspect of of this It felt like a road trip movie or something
1: yeah yeah the the uh the main thing that really get is you get off to off on a bad foot with this with this movie because of the the
0: voiceover. I knew I, I knew just, you were gonna, I was waiting. I I, I didn't mention it because I knew that it, you were going to say it at some it point.
1: Just, it and it's not good voiceover, and <laughs> it just like it doesn't add anything. Uh, which is the main thing I don't understand about voiceover is like the first several bits of what Bender says, you see, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it's clearly communicated through the visuals. Yeah, to the point where you're just like. Why? Why is there voiceover? Like you don't need to tell me what I'm seeing. I can. I'm not an idiot. Well, I mean, right. jury's out. But <laughs> I can figure. I, you know, I can figure most of the stuff out on my own. I don't need Fassbender telling me. And yeah. That, that, that. Yeah. That. It's just unfortunate because that. You know how I am with that.
0: I was. Like, I was yeah. also. I was also not very taken with the the voiceover. Didn't think it was very necessary. Oh, and it, it's another one of those deals where the voiceover is is heavier at the beginning, and then it and then they pull away from it as the movie goes on, and then they come back to and it. And Then they come back to it at the end. It's just like, uh oh, why it's...
1: why are you using this? Stop using it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was uh, not into that very much, but but you have to say you know
1: it's a it's a debut. From uh mm-hmm. from one of the founding members of the beta band. So that's that's pretty damn good for
0: that. <laughs> I think it's a good debut, yeah. I mean it, for a it, debut from a guy from the beta
1: band? Yeah. Yeah. Bravo. Yeah. I've, I I've, I've I completely I've, forgot the beta band was a thing. Same here. But there you go, this guy's making movies now.
0: Um it it, it has me excited to see what he comes up with next i feel like this is a good starting off point but it's just it's not quite there for me i just wanted a little bit more i mean it's only 84 minutes long so i think that it could have he could have extended it a bit but yeah also see
1: see, that's again that's
0: you know we're talking about fury
1: road and how that felt like it was 35 minutes you say this one's this one felt like 84
0: (laughs) minutes yeah
1: this one felt like 120 minutes.
0: Yeah, this <laughs> this, like... this one, this one it's it is very the pacing is very slow. It's, it's a pretty slow movie.
1: It's yeah, it's exactly what it says it is. Yeah.
0: Slow West. Slow West. It is. It's and is this
1: this this is just a personal thing, and I I probably shouldn't even bring it up, but Cody Smith McPhee. <sighs> <laughs> you know, he reminds
0: me of Jay Baruchel. He irritates me. He just I, irritates me. His character wasn't very likable in this movie. I like how it kind of turned out at the end, though. <laughs> like I, 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 I th-
1: Bravo I, in the way that that was handled. Yeah, I thought that, that, that was, was kind of ballsy. <laughs> that was different. That was extremely different. I was that came out of nowhere. I was not expecting that whatsoever. And yep. the, I, yeah, I'd like to talk more on that, but. It's kind of really the only surprising thing that happens in this movie.
0: Pretty much, yeah. yeah pretty much. Uh, I loved, uh, going back to the visuals, the, the shootout, you know, where he says to kill the house. I loved how they were hiding in the, in the fields and they would just like kind of pop up and shoot. And <clears throat> I like the, uh, the character, the, the preacher, the sniper guy. Mm-hmm. He was a badass. And the way that they handled that character, that was perfect. Like with a character like that, you don't want. No, you, yeah, you don't. You don't want to know anything about him. You want no. to keep that person a mystery because you know he's a badass. Anyone
1: carrying around a gun in a briefcase, mm-hmm. you want to keep them as much as a mystery as possible. Because that's all you need, yep. really. It's just a suitcase with a gun in it. Yep. yep. Custom made suitcase. Mm-hmm. But yeah, again, yeah, the Bishops were great. the The entire sequence with when he runs into. Burner and just everything. Like, when he wakes up, and he's just in that kind of, like, wasteland area. And the framing of him walking up to the mushroom, and then the framing choice of Fassbender coming into the frame. And the the smoke, and the fog. It's just... It looks great. It's a great-looking movie.
0: Yep. Yeah, I agree.
1: It's just a bit... Just a bit thin.
0: It's just, yeah. It's just thin. Uh, right, I'm... Gonna go ahead, Kevin. When are you gonna give Slow West? I'm gonna give. It, I'll
1: give it like. A, I'm gonna give it a six and a half.
0: I'm gonna go ahead and give it a. I was waffling between six and six and a half. On on visuals alone, yeah, I'll say six and a half as well. Uh, we have a review up on the site. Uh, Mary reviewed that for us, and she gave it a six. So this is playing in select cities and on VOD right now. Uh interestingly. She, uh, Mary went to a press screening of this and then uh-huh. we rented it and we got it on VOD and she said that the VOD version is cropped a little bit so uh-huh. yeah so I, I don't know if that's the case or maybe it was just t- our TV settings or something but she said she noticed it a little it was like cropped a little bit so I don't know Um but it's playing in select cities and VOD right now so you can check it out there uh, I, I would say light very light Recommend.
1: I'd say light recommend, but high recommend just to see Mendelssohn say, Kill that house. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's honestly, that's one of my favorite things of this year. I from loved film, that. I love it. Yeah. It's my, that's my favorite film thing of 2015 so far. <laughs> Kill that house. <laughs> Kill that house. Just the look on his face uh. and his body language when he says it. Just he. I mean, when someone says kill that house, you would think that energy would be riding high, you'd be really into it. Not often do you get to kill a house, but he just says it like, oh, I guess we're going to kill this house.
0: Mm. Yep, yeah. Well, there you have it, Slow West.
1: Eh.
0: <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and talk about some of Wogan watching. I don't remember who we started with last week. I, I think we'll start with you, Kevin.
1: Okay, I watched Winter Sleep. Finally got to watch Nuri, Nuri Jalan's Winter Sleep. I've been waiting for this for so long, and I was so excited. And then I saw that it was 196 minutes long, and the excitement dwindled a little bit. But fun fact, it took me like 11 hours to watch it. <laughs> so I definitely felt a lot longer than 196 minutes. It is, it's a talkie. It is nothing but talk, just discussions after discussions, endlessly discussing things, philosophies, viewpoints. Uh, it's a bit like a play, which is kind of interesting, because the main character, Aiden, he rents this like hotel in Anatolia, and it's a gorgeous setting. Oh my goodness. But... The occasional landscape shots that you get to see are few and far between. Mostly, it just takes place inside this hotel, and them just having discussions. So, he's a former stage actor, and he's trying to work on a, a book of the the history of Turkish theater. So it kind of plays out like that. It seems I don't know anything about Turkish theater, but it's what it feels. It feels a lot like a play, and he's just he's just constantly picking up roles wherever he feels the need you know things just if it seems interesting to him that day that's who he is for that day like one day he just decides that oh i'm going to be i'm going to be all about charity even though he apparently has never done charity before but all of a sudden he thinks it's a great idea and so he goes on with that and he just irritates the shit out of people is what he does it's essentially just a a feature-length film like two feature-length films together of just this Aiden character mansplaining things to hmm. people, just forever. So again, it for as much dialogue as there is, I'm I have to say I'm surprised that it's engaging as it is. But again, it's you're ta- you're doing dialogue for over three hours long. You're gonna have some valleys in there, which of course there are some where it's just like, oh please get through this. Let's move on to something else. This is not engaging whatsoever. And luckily those are few and far between, but I mean, it's a solid movie. Just the actual experience of sitting through it is, it's a bit much.
0: Yeah. I I just, (laughs) we got a, I I got an award screener for this one and I just never, I just couldn't couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it.
1: And I, the thing I loved about Once Upon a Time in Anatolia is that he dealt with the philosophies and the viewpoints of you know all these of all these characters and what they're trying to get at. They were always kind of you know it was it was very subtle in the way that mm-hmm. in the way that we were talked about. These it's just flat out. Hey, we're talking about this, and then they just talk about it. You know, it's just hitting the nail on the head for a hundred and ninety. Six minutes.
0: Uh, Well, I saw a ton of stuff this week, so I think for a lot of this, I'm just going to very, very just, briefly mention it. Because uh, some of this stuff, I think w- we may end up reviewing later. Are you interested in that movie, Felt? Yes, I am. Yeah, I figured you'd, we were interested in that. So, uh, I saw that this week, but uh, we'll be coming back to that. It, I believe it comes out the end of June, so stay tuned for that one uh, I saw Anarchy Parlor which is uh, <laughs> this. I saw a lot of people like this apparently this one is, is kind of like Hostel compared to Hostel it takes place in Lithuania it's about a group of college kids who go on vacation to Lithuania for some reason and they're partying it up they're partying up, they're hitting the clubs, they're meeting some chicks. They're they're living living life to the fullest in Lithuania and they decide to go get tattooed because the one guy meets this this kind of gothy looking tattooed chick and she she invites them back to, to her tattoo parlor and the two two of the friends go there and guess what? They're they're doing some crazy shit in this tattoo parlor and they get kidnapped by this this uh guy played by named the artist played by robert Lissardo and he tortures them by he doesn't like his whole thing is he wants the perfect canvas mm. so he'll so what he does is he ties you up and cuts pieces of you off like your back like he'll cut your back off yeah <laughs> That's it. That's really it. Uh, The the other it's got this absolutely ridiculous twist. A couple twists that happen towards the end. Uh, Special effects are bottom of the barrel. Everything is almost everything is CG. It looks awful. I mean, there's there's scenes where, like, just blood. All the blood is CG, and it's like you couldn't spring for some fake blood. Come on, Mm. it looks. Terrible. I hate that. Uh, Everything about this movie. There, there are several scenes. There's one scene where one of the characters goes to a like he gets mad at his friends and he goes to a strip club to just blow off some steam. (laughs) He just storms off to a (laughs) strip club. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. And there's the scene where he's getting a lap dance, and they show like the whole scene for probably three three minutes or so of him getting a, a lap dance. And it's like okay, let's why why is this happening right now? Why why are we seeing this? I don't I don't understand. It, it, it's it's just, it's just maddening. I don't it's understand.
1: Just, it's just an excuse.
0: Yeah, that's what it is, and it and it's just there. I love exploitation films. I'm 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 so uh, into those movies. I think that they're hilarious and entertaining and fun, and uh, there's exploitation done well and exploitation that's done poorly. And and I think that when exploitation is done well, you don't immediately know that this is, that it's happening. You know what I mean? And with yeah. this movie, it's like so clearly. Yeah. You're not sure what their, what their aim is. I, I would, I would, but when it's done poorly, you know, right off the bat. Right. I would, uh, an easy, an easy way to, to know, exploitation done right and wrong is piranha 3d and piranha 3 double d one is done right and one is done horribly wrong and all you got to do is watch those two and you'll know but at any rate anarchy parlor is a piece of shit it's (laughs) it's, sorry my full my full review will be up when it hits theaters next month i love
1: Um, i love when your reviews just kind of i can tell that you're trying to be you know respectful and trying to think of ways to you know form how you wouldn't say and then when it just falls apart and you just come out and say it I yeah love when well
0: happens. eventually i i break down yeah that's, that's just <laughs> you a- just can't do it anymore it's playing it's, on vod right now um and then it comes out in theaters next month so oh boy that sounds exciting i watched
1: superfly from 1972 nice superfly this uh That's some black exploitation there. This is black exploitation. This is this is one of those it's uh it's it's very amateur. Okay? Very amateur production. Now, it works both ways where there's some cinematography that you can just tell that they're not they're not really sure what the hell they're doing and they're just kinda looking around with the camera and stuff. And it works. It looks great. It's just got that gritty feel to it, and you love it. But then there's the other side of it where there's these some of these scenes that they leave in because there's not much of a story here. They kind of like pad the runtime by adding a lot of superfluous scenes that just add nothing whatsoever. And, the man, you can really tell when, when those come on. There's one where it, it's a story about a cocaine dealer named Priest, which is the mm-hmm. best name for a cocaine dealer. And yeah. he's just trying to get out of the game. It's just it's too hard on him. So he decides to do one big last deal, 30 keys, make a million dollars, and then bust out of there. So he leaves a, a house, an apartment, whatever, walks to his car, gets in, honks his horn, pulls out of his parking space, drives a little bit, and then it cuts to him walking into another apartment. And you're just, you know, why is there a scene of him driving to wherever the hell he's driving? Why is that there? And there's so many like that. Where you're just like, why these add nothing? But the performances are they some of them are good, some of them are downright terrible. Luckily the Ron O'Neill who plays Superfly, or Priest, this is pretty good, but he does he does stress a bit too much in certain scenes. He just he tries he tries too hard to convey what he needs to convey, which takes you out of it a little bit but uh it's one hell of a story the only thing that really took me cuz i was on board for most of the runtime and then towards the end where he he kind of outsmarts the corrupt police it just takes this turn into them using the word faggot a lot mm. which just came out of nowhere and just extremely mean-spirited because the the police commissioner's son i guess is gay so like that's how he he blackmails the police commissioner is that I'll let people know that your son is gay. Which just well, seemed out of place. And it's just it was you know, it's tough to swallow. It's just hard. It's hard to get behind that. But there is a funny uh one last thing is funny. The he goes to punch the police commissioner. Because he knows jujitsu and stuff, priest does. Of course. So they do it in slow-mo. And the best thing about this is the stuntman for the police commissioner looks nothing like the police commissioner. <laughs> yes. And they do it in slow-mo. So you have ample opportunity. You're just sitting there like, well, that's not the same person. They don't look anything alike. One guy has gray hair. The other guy doesn't. Like, Could you at least get the hair color to match? Oh, my goodness. It's good times except for that last like five minutes. It's a bit rough.
0: And at Superfly, uh, how did you see this one? I st- uh, DVD. Okay. dvd it. It might be available on streaming, streaming sources as well. I'm really excited. Uh, I got an update for the Vinegar Syndrome TV that's mm-hmm. going to be coming out. They changed the name to, I think it's called Exploitation TV now. Oh, nice. So what they're doing is they're going to be having other uh, film distributors and, and companies on their platform. So it's not gonna be just vinegar syndrome uh, products, gotcha. or movie movies. It's gonna be all all kinds. So very excited for that for that uh, platform to launch. I don't know when it's gonna actually launch, but it's, I think it's gonna be pretty soon. And I'm really excited because they their catalog, I mean their their own catalog of movies is stuff that it's just impossible to find. Yeah. So it it's gonna just open up everything. I can't wait. I'll have to probably bring. Grindhouse Weekly back when we do that, when that oh when that starts. Oh. I saw a movie called Area 51. This is directed by Oren Peli. It's the guy who did the first Paranormal Activity movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this is a found footage horror movie uh, about aliens. Ugh. It's on VOD right now. It's awful. It is awful. I was kind of thinking, because I saw the trailer for this, and initially, obviously, I was like, mm, "Found footage, nope, 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 nope." But then I saw the trailer, and I was like, "Yeah, it looks like it could be decent. It looks like there there's some cool effects work." Uh, no, there's not cool effects work. The effects work is bad in this, and the characters are stupid and unlikable, and the the way that they get they they just so easily break into Area 51. Because they take these, like, pills that... I don't know what they do. Wait, what? They take these pills that make them undetectable on, like, infrared cameras, and they wear suits that have Freon pumped into them, so they don't show up on, like, temperature-sensing cameras. And basically, it's about a group of 20-somethings that decide they're going to break into Area 51. Why, I don't really know. Sure. Because they're idiots.
1: I already could not care less about the words that are coming out of your mouth. Yeah, <laughs> this just sounds terrible. It's it's ter it is terrible. Twenty somethings always wanting to break into things. They're always getting into trouble. Those twenty somethings. I mean, it doesn't matter where they are. They could be Lithuania. Could be any country. They're just always getting into shit.
0: Uh, the, it, it's very, like most found footage movies, very, very slow to get going. I'd say probably, they don't break into area 51. I'd say until, uh, let's see, what's the runtime? An hour and a half. They probably don't get in there until an hour in. And then the last, Jeez. and in the last 30 minutes is them in, in area 51, which is ridiculous. So for the first, for, for, for the first hour, you're just left with their charm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're wonderful charm. <laughs> these guys are complete dick, dick fucks. I hate them. Uh, yeah. So they break into Area Fifty One and they find they go into these labs and there's all this weird stuff in la- in the labs. Labs and are always weird. All like white blood. And I don't know how the guy even knows it's blood. He's like, that's white blood. But it's how do you know it's blood? It's just some. White liquid? Does it? Is it labeled white blood on it? I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm pretty
1: sure that there's. It had to be one other guy in that group that was like, I don't know. It kind of looks like semen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, white
0: blood, dude. And they find a spaceship. They find a flying saucer, and the one guy get climbs into the flying saucer, and then aliens. Apparently in Area 51 they just have aliens that roam around the halls because well yeah eventually... I think it's they it's like a
1: collaborative effort
0: at Area 51.
1: I think they work hand in hand. Uh,
0: yeah, maybe. Maybe that's what it is. And there's like a there's a scene where they end up in this area that's kind of like a like a hatching like a birthing area, area where new aliens are being hatched. It's so stupid, and <laughs> ridiculous. Dude. All of it f- it's it's just all kind of it all feels like an excuse to just try to show us something freaky mm-hmm. or creepy or or something to jump out and scare us, but the thing is it's all found footage, so it's extremely zoomed in handheld work where you don't know what the hell's going on anyway. Mm-hmm. You have no sense of where these people are, what the room looks like that they're in because everything is pulled in so far and is so shaky. You have you have no concept of what's going on. Yeah, and of course there's a big thing that happens at the end, and they all fucking die. Yes, <laughs> I was really hoping that you would say they all die. Well, that something happens to them. I'm not going to say exactly uh, what happens. I know what happens. Maybe they die, but maybe something else happens. I know Who knows
1: exactly what happens?
0: Uh, so just just avoid this the the fact that it was made by the same guy that did Paranormal Activity, it initially had me interested, but sorry, it's just like every other found footage horror movie. Just trash. Bad, bad, bad. The effects work is bad. There's some CG in there, and it looks looks pretty crappy. <laughs> yeah, just, just mm. Paranormal Activity is a million times better. The first one. All oh, right. That's all I have to say about that. Area 51 on VOD now don't get it Ugh, no
1: uh, i watched the mad max 2 road warrior and you i take it you watched thunderdome
0: yeah i'll talk about that after
1: you talk about road warrior road warrior okay i was t- <laughs> number one i'm just waiting for the wheelchair line that's essentially what i'm waiting <laughs> for this entire movie just to see what what was it that just got ryan right in his chuckle box
0: and if you're wondering, if you're wondering uh, listen to last week's Ryan watches a movie. We had him watch Mad Max 2. And that was so the only you're, you're thing curious. he liked. The only thing he <laughs> liked
1: was the wheelchair line, which I feel bad for him because that didn't come until like towards the very end of the movie. <laughs> it's just like, man, he's just sitting around in a terrible mood until they, that guy delivers that wheelchair line. And I just imagine Ryan sitting there going, ha, that's it. But uh, this is a this is pretty good myth making here. Again, Mad Max, really simple story. Hmm. He's just trying to get in and get that gas. Got to get yeah. that gas, and then he, you know, ends up helping him trying to get that gas out of there. Which the I don't understand the villains at all in this movie. I just don't get them. They're just driving around constantly. Just, yeah, be. <laughs>
0: I think they're just scavenging.
1: They're scavenging. They're scooting across the desert. They're hooting and hollering. They're just burning fuel like crazy, which makes me wonder, like, where are you getting all this fuel? And why do you
0: need this fuel? Why do they have so much? Why do they have so much energy? Do you notice the bad guys in 80s movies? They're just they're constantly either yelling or laughing or just they're they're all hooting and hollering. They're they're always.
1: And it's like a mess of noise. And what I don't understand, it's the uh, desert. I mean, the heat alone, Jesus, right. I can't do anything if it's above 88 degrees outside. <laughs> I just turn into a mess of nothing, just yeah. slumping around. These guys are doing all sorts of car tricks and motorcycle stunts. But again, why? where are they getting all this gas? And why did they need the gas at the compound from the Pee Wee football team? Why did they need their gas so bad? It seems so, like they're doing is. completely fine on their own because they're driving around constantly. And I don't understand why the compound needs gas. They don't even do anything. They don't
0: don't do anything.
1: They're just there. Sell it. Sell the gas. Something. Seems like a perfect opportunity to build an economy here. But no. That doesn't happen. And then the humongous main villain guy at the end makes a decision that I, I don't know what the hell's going on. The way that the movie ends, it's just like, okay, this was all pointless. This was just pointless because he drives so much further ahead of Max and just turns around and just drives straight into Max and then movie over. Yeah. And then there's a lot of comedy that just doesn't work for me. There's an awesome dog. One of the best film dogs ever. That dog is awesome. The feral could. I couldn't get behind. And, I'm no. u- and you know
0: me. I'm usually, I'm pretty big on feral children. Well, that kid's annoying. He is annoying. Jeez. Doesn't he look like... The, doesn't he look like a young Buster Point?
1: <laughs> <laughs> he does a little yeah. bit. And I wasn't ready for the the hair that he had. Cause, oh yeah, oh boy, the the luscious mane. My goodness. But hey, and then the speed ramping is just out of control. I mean, they were speed ramping the shit out of everything. It's just it, it looks like a cartoon. Yeah. I just couldn't get behind it. Uh, I don't know. There's again. There's there's things like I I love again the creativity. The action sequences are great. The stuff that they do, but like the story itself is just stop it, knock it off.
0: I I thought it was fine. I liked it. Uh, it looks like you. Le- I gave. I only gave it a three on Letterbox. I gave know. A three and a half. I so. know. <laughs> which it sounds like. But oh my god, that the the explosion at the end where they
1: blow up the entire compound. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That was a big one. I don't know if I've seen an explosion bigger than that. That was impressive.
0: Yeah, that was that was. I, I, I like it. I of the original movies, I think that part two is still my favorite, just because of the. I, I thought the car chases were the best in that one. The car chases are the, pretty the, the car. Is. The car action was the best. Now I saw Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome this week. I think that I saw this when I was little, but I don't really remember. I think, again, we talked about it on, last week on Ryan watches this movie. I think that I saw it on Fox, like when, when they would play movies on Sundays. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I saw this. I, this one, oh man, this one com- feels completely different than the other ones. It feels like a kid's movie. Really? It is a, this is like a family movie it It has uh definitely kind of a goonies' vibe or I would even I would even call it like hook it has kind of a hook vibe to it where Mad Max ends up in this place uh called I don't know uh oh shit what's it called It's a town I can't remember the name of the town something town and he ends up Tina Turner is sort of the de facto leader of this town and he ends up in this thing called Thunderdome yeah and he has to fight against this person these two people called Master Blaster and it Master Blaster is like this giant person with a uh, a little a little person on his shoulders okay and that's that's great <laughs> i love that it was a great fight um he he just fights against Blaster, the the giant part, and the the fight in Thunderdome is really cool. They they hook them up to bungee cords, so they're bouncing around the arena, and it's it's this c- caged dome that has weapons attached to like the the walls and the roof. Oh, um, so you gotta like bounce around and try and grab. Yeah, so yeah, so you bounce around and you grab like a spear or a chainsaw or whatever, and that was a really cool fight. Uh, he ends up getting banished and he escapes and ends up in this weird civilization town something that's all run by kids it's it's nothing but kids okay and they have some sort of prophecy that this man will come and save them and take them away and on the wall is a picture of max it's like painted of max and he he kind of takes these little kids under his wing and and uh helps them get out of there it, it's the it's ridiculous it's ridiculous there's one big car chase at the end, and that's really good. The car chase is really good but uh as far as like the violence and stuff it's it's way toned down in this one, and it's really goofy there's a lot of uh, comedy in this one that doesn't it, that none of that worked for me at all. I didn't think it was. Yeah, funny.
1: yeah. I, don't, I am not interested in any of that. If it's, it's more w- so
0: than the Road Warrior, it's worth seeing just because it is so weird. It is really out there. You're just like, how how is this a Man Max movie? It's it's so bizarre. Uh, but yeah, I, I I don't know. I can't say that I really liked this one. <laughs> Uh, it's it's something else.
1: Couldn't get into that Thunderdome.
0: Yeah. Man, why do
1: they always add? Why do they add kids to these movies? Like, hey, you know, we're really liven up this action-packed adrenaline rush. Kids.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's it's something else. Something else. This one. Keep, keep the, the tone keep, and, keep and, and the, the kids music. Out. Keep the kids out of my action movies. The uh. music in this one. It's got this kind of light-hearted, fun music. It, it almost felt like it was Mad Max is entering the Ewok village or something. <laughs> or again, I, I'll, I'll compare it to Hook. It, it, it did feel like he was meeting up with the Lost Boys in their little camp where they had all the different levels and like the tree houses and all that stuff. It, it had that vibe to it. Wow. Mad Max
1: meets, meets Hook
0: yeah I mean this came out way before Hook but it also kind of had a little bit of a uh, what you call it a uh, army of darkness vibe the way that they looked at Max as this kind of mythological savior and and just the way that he acted in this was a lot different than he acts in the other ones too he's, he's less stoic and more just goofy he acts more like Ash From the Evil Dead, Hmm. it's it's odd. It's it's.
1: (laughs) It sounds like it.
0: Yeah, it's it's really Tina Turner is pretty bad in it too.
1: No, not Tina.
0: But the car chase the end's pretty badass. I liked it. Um. Okay. Do you have anything else? No. Let's let's move on. Yeah. let's, Let's move on. Um. Let's talk about some movie predictions here. Mad Max Fury Road. You said 88, I said 96. Actual 98 Wow, on that one. Nice. Yeah. yep. 98. On Rotten Tomatoes, it's, uh, what do we got? Four Rottens? Yeah. yeah f- 216 fresh ratings and four Rottens. Nice. Yeah, but those four people feel like assholes. Well, I hope they do. Yeah, they're fucking loving it. Probably, because they're getting all the attention. I'm not even going to look at who they are. <laughs> Alright. Pitch perfect two. You said seventy, I said seventy-two, actual sixty-eight. So pitch pitch perfect twos I guess uh pretty good. Hmm. Actually it's at a sixty nine right now, sorry. Changed since last night. So I guess that's uh mm, worth seeing. I haven't s I didn't see the first one, so uh, I
1: have no interest. Yeah,
0: I don't either. It's just, just not for me. There's like I don't like singing to begin with, and then you make it a cappella. Like, yes. Yeah. Shh, no. No. I I didn't I didn't mention this last week because it I didn't go, but I did see Book of Mormon on Broadway last weekend.
1: Oh, look at you, you uppity, uh, you uppity son of a bitch.
0: And I gotta say, Broadway I shows. I don't I I'm not a big fan of of theater. I'm not a big fan of musicals, but I was a huge fan of the Book of Mormon. Fantastic! If you ever go to New York, if you're ever in, in New York. On a trip or whatever, uh, go see Book of Mormon because it is it is well worth it. It is amazing. Like I was in tears. I was laughing so hard at, at some of the stuff. <laughs> it is so fucking funny, and the music is so good. I I loved it. It was great. Hmm. You would you would like it a lot, I think. You uh-huh. you would f- probably. Yeah, you would you would be. I I think that it'd be a good. Movie adaptation. I think if they turn that into a movie, do you know anything about the plot of that show?
1: No, I just know that, that I'm guessing something with Mormons. Yeah, I'm which not. Which is gonna, just
0: immediately hilarious. I'm not gonna say what it is, but uh, they get. I mean, it's Trey Parker, Matt Stone, so obviously they get pretty, pretty uh, aff- an offensive's not the word, but they they definitely. St- crossed the line several times and it's it's so funny but I'm, I'm not going to say what it is because I didn't really know anything about the plot going into it and I think that it's it's better that way if, if you don't know anything about what it is hmm. Um. okay let's talk about next week's movies we got Poltergeist this is the remake I will say of course I hope that this is good because I love Poltergeist and I want this to be good uh, that being said very very low expectations for this one i'll say 56 and i think that that is a generous yeah that's pretty,
1: that's pretty generous i'm gonna say 52
0: i it just from the trailers it doesn't look like it has the charm of the original polder guys because he The original Poltergeist, even though it wasn't directed by Steven Spielberg, it had that Amblin feel to it. I think it was produced by him, by Spielberg. It felt like a Spielberg movie where I don't know how to describe it other than to say that Amblin feel. And I I love. The funny thing is is that you can say that
1: and I know what you're talking about.
0: Yeah. It's like E.T. or Goonies, those types of movies. I just, I love the feel of those movies. And I just don't think the new poltergeist is gonna have that feeling. <laughs> mm. Uh we also have Tomorrowland. This is the, the Disney one. Tiff. Brad Bird. This looks awful. This
1: looks absolutely terrible in my I'm opinion. Intre-
0: I'm interested. Oh uh, I'm gonna I'm actually going to do a press screening of this on Monday, I think. Tomorrow. <laughs> or no. <laughs> no. Uh Go ahead. get that figured out. Yeah, I think I'm going. I'm going to see it. I think like Tuesday or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's apparently you were really looking forward to it. I mean, I'm intre- It is tomorrow. Sorry, I'm interested, but I don't have high expectations. I'm more excited to see the tribe. I'm going to see that next week. Nice. Yeah. What are you thinking on Tomorrowland? Tomorrowland fifty eight. I think it's gonna be better than. I think it's gonna be fairly well received. I'll say sixty-eight. Okay. Okay. We also see. have in limited release: dishonesty, the truth about lies, chocolate city. I like some chocolate city. What's
1: the chocolate city?
0: I don't know. It sounds like a wonderful place. Or or an extremely disgusting place if it's like an actual city made of chocolate because it would get really dirty, okay. Melty. Oh, it's aloft. about it's. About... <laughs> Don't tell me. Uh, I I go go ahead. I I know what you're gonna say. I think. <laughs> it's male strip club. Yeah, that's.
1: You do okay. Like yourself some chocolate city. <laughs> uh, aloft. That's the one with. Uh... I'm looking forward to that one. I want to see that one. I think. Let me double check real quick.
0: It's the one with um, uh, Jennifer.
1: Yeah. Claudia Losa? Yeah. Yes. Yes.
0: Melanie Laurent. I have a mild interest in that one. The Farewell Party, Love at First, Fight. Ah, I see what they did there. Yeah, Sight Fight, yeah. Because it rhymes. Because it rhymes. (laughs) That's why it works. Sunshine Superman, Tanu Weds, Manu Returns.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs)
0: Mm-hmm. And The Human Centipede 3, the final sequence. Jesus. Yeah, uh presenting Ernie to that one. So, we'll, we'll see how that goes. It looks awful. Like it I wasn't a fan of the first two, but this one looks it looks uh like an Uwe Boll movie or, or trauma or something where it's got that mm. just super cheap looking and that, that really lowbrow humor that's I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Next week on video on demand we have sorry gotta pull it up pull it um what is next week okay we have Gaming in Color we have Into the Grizzly Maze that's that one with uh, Thomas Jane and Billy Bob Thornton and James Marsden it's like a survival about a group of hikers that are getting hunted by a grizzly bear (laughs) ugh The uh, Human Centipede 3, Final Sequence, w- and Winning the Racing Life of Paul Newman. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> pretty much it. Uh, DVD and Blu-ray, American Sniper, uh, Cymbeline, Girlhood, which I recommend. That was I'm, actually yeah, one I'm...
1: I'm pretty excited for that one. Finally.
0: I don't know. You're you're not into the coming of age movies, though. I I am, so I think that I I'll, I'll like that one more than you. But I think you'll still, I think you'll still appreciate it. That's actually one of my top movies of the year currently. Hot <laughs> Tub Time Machine Two, which is garbage. Leviathan, yeah, check that one out. Yeah. And Zombievers. Zombievers. It's probably not worth buying, but maybe when it hits Netflix. That, that seems like a good Netflix watch to me. Criterion's got anything going on?
1: Uh, we have 1979's The Rose with Bette Midler. Oh, okay. It's a right. Rock and roll, fame and addiction, all that kind of stuff so you can imagine where that goes. I've never actually heard of The Rose, ever.
0: No, and I don't think I have either.
1: Yeah. So there's that, and there's a Charles Charlie Chapman, Chaplin. Chaplin jesus <laughs> charles chapman <laughs> uh, charles chapman is back <laughs> uh. oh jesus charlie chaplin limelight <laughs> shut your uh. face shut your face all of uh, good good stuff go to good, hell good.
0: Um. Let's see. Charles Chapman. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh man, that's great. Uh, from now on, I'm just gonna call him that too. I'm just gonna stick with it.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. I love when we get new running running gags. Yeah, that's show. that's gonna
1: run forever. It, it just grew legs and it's running for the rest of our lives. So be ready for some more Charles Chapman. <laughs> And I think I might change uh, it. Change it every year. It'll just you know slowly evolve into something else. Good. I already That's, have it all planned out. So good. look forward to that, people. You have a five-year plan for that.
0: <laughs> for that one, I already have a vision board made and everything. Nice. Great. All right. Well, I think that that'll do it for this week. Next week, I'm not exactly sure what we'll be covering yet. Let's um, do Fury Road. Yeah. Could could just do Fury Road again. Uh, we'll probably do some VOD stuff next week. Uh, maybe, maybe looking ahead, might do felt because that's going to be coming out. Oh, okay, cool. Relatively soon. Might do I, the nightmare. Are you in, interested in that? The I Rodney Asher one. I don't know what that is. Oh, the documentary about sleep paralysis. That sounds interesting. Yeah, maybe we'll do that one. We got we got some stuff we lined got. up here. So
1: we got all sorts of got all sorts of stuff that we can go with. Tomorrowland. Yeah. Are we doing Tomorrowland?
0: If if you go see it, no, I'm not going to see. I know it. you're not going to see. It. I can fake, it. I, know, fake maybe, it. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Maybe maybe Ernie will see that or something, and we can have him on. I don't know. All right, that should do it for the week. Send us your questions. Podcastfilmpulse.net is the address. Follow us on Twitter at filmpulse.net and at filmpulsekevin. And please take a look at our Patreon page at patreoncom filmpulse. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. slash filmpulse and subscribe for as little as one dollar per month for Kevin Rakestraw my name is Adam Patterson and we'll see you on Thursday for Ryan Watches a Movie okay shit what
1: (laughs) i was just like zoning out and then that came out of nowhere and scared the shit out of me (laughs) nice just all of a sudden okay